0: I'm Joe Haddow, and this is our series of interviews with the Theakston's Old Peculiar Crime Novel of the Year Award, longlistees. Produced and curated by Harrogate International Festivals in partnership with Theakston's Old Peculiar, W.H. Smith and The Express. And it's great to have you with us. Today, I'm joined by a novelist and short story writer who worked as a legal editor before becoming a full-time writer. He's now published 16 books, which include his ever-popular Jackson Lamb series. Here to talk to us about his latest novel, Joe Country. It's Mick Herron. Hello. Hi, Joe. Lovely to see you again, even even though we can't be in the same place. Um, How have you been uh, over these last few weeks?
1: Can't complain really. I mean, despite everything, well, because of everything, can't complain. You know, I've got uh, uh, somewhere to live, <laughs> food on the table, yeah, some wine in the cupboard. You know, no, no disasters yet. So, um, yeah.
0: Well, it was going to be um, a really good day for me today for two reasons. Because one, I was going to get to speak to Mick Herron, and the other one was there was going to be a wine delivery, but it ain't come. So, um, right. one out of two. two. One out of two ain't bad, but mm. I, am, I am without wine for this evening, but I'll get over it. Mm. <laughs> um, I want to talk to you about uh, this book that's made the long list, and congratulations for Thank being you. on it, um, called Joe Country. It's the sixth book, I think, in the Jackson Lamb series. Um, mm. Although your books revolve around him, and that's the character that we all come to and talk about, they're really these books, I think, are ensemble pieces, aren't they? I've always thought of them that way. and
1: In fact, in my own head, I think of it as the Slough House series rather than the Jackson Lamb series. Um, I have no problem with people elevating that that figure above the others, but
0: I will continue to uh, foreground any of the characters I, I like at any given time. For anyone who hasn't read one of your books yet, or one of the Slough House series, could you just give us a little taste of what Slough House is and the characters that are in the building? Stathouse is a made-up department of the
1: uh, British intelligence service and it's where all the failures get sent, essentially. Uh, those who've messed up their careers one way or another, um, either through professional failing or um, personal uh, issues of one sort or another, um, drink, drugs, anger management, um, or simply crossing the paths of the wrong, uh, the wrong superior officer, you know, politically. Um, And they get sent to this um, horrible building near the Barbican, which is dubbed House. it's not a real name, Uh, and then given an awful lot of boring, mundane tasks to do in the hope that they will quit, essentially, go away and stop being a nuisance. Um, But of course, because I'm writing thrillers rather than accurate depictions of office life, they do end up having various excitements occur.
0: And they're stubborn, aren't they? They won't quit.
1: Well, they won't quit. I mean, these are people who wanted to be James Bond, and they're not going to give that up in a hurry, even though they're as far from that world as you can <laughs> get. And um, they're helped in their endeavours by the uh, the boss of Slough House, who's called Jackson Lamb. He's a, a fairly um, challenging sort of character to have as your superior officer. He's um, deeply politically incorrect. He has a lot of unpleasant personal habits, and he doesn't like anybody. So he doesn't...
0: Um, just that he doesn't bear fools gladly, he doesn't suffer anybody gladly at all. And a lot of people who read your books and when you do events and interviews and things like this, they draw on the fact that you've got a real humour to, to the stories and, and I think a lot of it does come from Jackson Lamb. So when you set out to write these books specifically, was it with an intention of having this sort of dark humour to them or did that just, just sort of come out naturally?
1: It came out naturally because of the material I was dealing with, really. It seemed the appropriate voice to adopt when telling these particular stories. Um, I mean, couched in different language, these books could be very depressing um, <laughs> because they're all about people um, coping with failure and, and thwarted ambition and so on. So it could be fairly bleak, the material um, It could be handled in a much bleaker way. Yep. Uh, I prefer to have the characters um, react by squabbling with each other essentially, and there's always something quite funny about it. And Lamb himself specialises in being rude in as creative a way as possible, so there's, there's humour there too. Uh,
0: for anyone who hasn't read this one yet, or who's thinking about it, can you just tell us a little bit about the story in Joe Country?
1: In Joe Country, uh, what kicks off Joe Country is one of the um, the slow horses, as they're called, the, uh, the team at gets asked to trace the missing son of one of her former colleagues, uh, a character who's no longer in the series. And um, this leads her into dangerous territory, or, or whales, as I also call it. Um, and as, as with most of the other books in the series, what starts off in a fairly innocuous sort of way becomes a much bigger... Set of circumstances i can 't remember the details now, is it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was so long ago <laughs> there's a lot of snow in this one <laughs> yeah. but talking of details, am I right in thinking that you reread the first five before writing this one just to make sure you weren't missing anything? Uh,
1: at this point in the series, yes, it was either just before starting this or just before writing a short story which I wrote prior to Joe Country, um, I went back and read the, the first five novels or at least the first four novels are not long finished mm. the fifth one at that point um which uh it's, it's a grueling thing to do going back over your own work in that <laughs> way and you know you want to do it with a red pen taking out all the bits that don't work the books would all be a lot shorter if i'd uh, if i'd had an editing facility at that, at that point
0: a lot of I, I just i can't if i had a penny for every author who told me you know i just don't I hate rereading my own work and I don't want to. And, you know, there's always something you find that you wish wasn't in there. I'd be a very, very rich man, I think. It's it's, it's a shared, (laughs) it's a very shared uh, experience with authors, I think. Um, Well, rereading
1: is such an intense part of the actual writing process. At the point where finishing the the final draft, I feel that if somebody quoted me a sentence, I could tell them the sentence that came after it. You know, I know the (laughs) book that well. But as soon as it's been delivered and is off the desk, then I kind of try and wipe it and just concentrate on on what comes next so it's easy to forget small details even though those details seem massively important at the time you were actually involved
0: in creating them. let's talk about the award just briefly um which is uh you know great a great list of 18 books and you're no stranger to harrogate um, we've met there many times um, I just wondered if you had uh, read any of the other long-listed books I mean I know you're probably friends with some of those authors and if you had a couple of you know favorites that had s- stood out for you
1: uh, I've read more than half of them and I, yeah. I know the work of pretty much everybody on that list uh, yes I know many of the authors too a <laughs> delightful company to be in it's a it's an extremely <laughs> strong list this year as it usually is Of the favourites among them, um, uh, well, Lee Child is always a big favourite. Denise is out, fantastic, and Val. If I had to pick one, I think it would be Abia Abia book, um, *Smoke and Ashes*. Yeah, Um, he's a fantastic writer, and this is a particularly strong entry in his series, I think. But I don't want, you know, <laughs> there are so many good writers on there. <laughs> it's a, Chris Brickmire, of course, Fallen Angel is wonderful, but uh, Chris yeah. won it a couple of years ago, uh, so maybe maybe should stand down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a really tough question, isn't it? Because one, it because they're all really great books, so it's it's hard to pick one, and two, because you, you don't want to just pick one and sort of single it out. But um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very impressed you've read over half the list, because it's a big old, big old list, but uh, it just proves that I, I think the, the list is reflective of what people are reading in the UK and have been reading over the past year in, in the crime mm. Um Tell me how it, how it felt to hear you'd been longlisted for this award. Oh, it's always a, a wonderful
1: boost to one's um, ego, I suppose to, <laughs> to know they've been longlisted for a prize. It's uh, especially when you know that you're going to be in such stellar company. Um, so it, it felt, um, yeah, feels wonderful.
0: Um, I want to just talk about the voice of your characters because we mm-hmm. as readers get great enjoyment from reading them. Uh, and I just wondered if they were as fun to write as as it seems they would be.
1: Yes and no. I mean, I do have a great deal of fun uh, in, in putting the words on paper or on a screen, I use a laptop. But it's hard work as well. Uh, and the funny thing about it is that starting a new book is always its always difficult. You know, you'd think that coming back to familiar characters, familiar scenarios, you'd have the wind at your back. But um, the first few chapters, I mean, it's like inventing the wheel all over again. <laughs> um, even dealing with characters that to be very familiar to me by now. You know, it's, uh, yeah, every book is its own set of problems but you know there's there's a great deal of delight to be had in in playing around with characters whom I know quite well now and I yeah. kind of know the sound of their voice um, so yeah yes and no was the answer whenever yes and no <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: it's a good answer for any question really isn't it um do you write because there's there's been short stories published in between books um if I've got one over there on on the shelf uh, just behind me the do you write those to sort of break from your series writing? Is it, a, is it a way of of just forgetting about that and concentrating on something else so that you don't have that constant, I need to rewrite, you know, a Jackson Lamb, I need to rewrite Slough House, like, is it, is it a good way to sort of free the mind a bit from it?
1: That's probably what's going on in the, in the back of my mind, but consciously I simply write whatever story has presented itself. To my, to my mind uh, at the time. You know, I don't say, I don't have a long-term plan. I don't think I'm going to write this book and then do a, um, a novella or a short story. Mm. I will write the novellas and short stories as they occur to me. Um, so usually I'm, I'm simply working on whatever the next novel is.
0: One thing that crops up in crime fiction a lot when talking to authors is the sort of current politics and news and whether that, feeds in to people's writing, or, or whether it's irrelevant to the author. You know, many just write about a crime or a situation that's happening in 2020, but they don't really bring any of the other politics or anything into it. But is that the case for you, or do, do, does it slightly influence what you write? More than slightly, I'd
1: say. Over the past few years, and um, political stuff that's going on, um, particularly in the UK, has fed into the books a lot. And I, um, I draw, I wouldn't call it inspiration, but I draw material from the, from the real world. Um, I mean, that certainly happened with the most recent published book, The Catch, the novella, which was triggered by a news headline that I read last year. Um, it gets increasingly difficult and is going to become more so to to reflect contemporary political life or just, contemporary national life um, when, you know, books aren't being published until a year or so after they're finished because things are changing so much these days. Yeah. Nobody saw this coming. Uh, the, the, uh, um, what is that we're going through at the moment? You know, that lockdown yeah. stuff. Nobody saw that coming, um, and that doesn't figure in the book that I handed in to the publisher a week or so before it started. Um, there's a slight worry that books will appear strangely out of date or quaint because they don't mention any of what's going on. Um, but I don't know how you deal with that. I'm just gonna not think about it. No, don't think about
0: that. And also I, I would say it personally I I don't necessarily need or want some of the fiction I'm reading to reflect it, especially if we're sort of living it or have lived it. Um mm-hmm. it's quite nice in terms of escapism to to read something that doesn't doesn't even you know, go there or mention it. It's, for me anyway, I think it would be, be quite refreshing.
1: <laughs> I think that's probably true. But what the world is going to look like, um, you know, economically and socially when this is all done, it's going to be a different place than it was a few months ago. Yeah. Um, that's something we're all going to be taking into account one way or another.
0: Yeah, very much so. Um, and just, just finally, Mick, um, I just wondered what the Feeks an Old Peculiar Crime Novel of the Year means to you personally.
1: It means nearly as much as the um, Sexton pub quiz on the Saturday night. <laughs> that trophy is the one that all writers really want, I think. And, uh, and it's on my shelf at the moment. Yeah, I <laughs> know oh, it is.
0: And <laughs> <laughs> you want to keep
1: it. <laughs> Actually, I should have given it back by now.
0: <laughs> oh, it's down now. So, you know, you yeah. don't know how you're going to get it get it uh, away to someone else. They're going to have to melt another one. <laughs> they will um, the book we've been talking about is Joe Country it's published by John Murray it's out now and it's available of course from WH Smiths if you haven't already got a copy and remember that you get to vote for the short list um, so if you want to see Mick on that list head over to harrogate com and you can place your vote there it's been lovely catching up with you Mick and uh, nice you. I hope we can do it in uh, person pretty soon Hope so. Take care. Take care. Cheers. Bye now.